Welcome to Growth Mindset University. I'm your host, Jordan Paris, and this show is all about learning the lessons we should have learned in school but did not, so that we can succeed in the progressive new age of business and life we find ourselves in today. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on, because school is now in session. I am extremely grateful that you are here with me today on Growth Mindset University. Two times per week, we have interviews with the best of the best. New York Times bestselling authors, billionaires, the like, the most successful people in the world, people like Mark Manson, Naveen Jain, James Altucher, so many more. And I don't want you to miss these interviews. So go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, Growth Mindset University, wherever you are listening right now. One of my favorite things is when you reach out to our guests that we have on the show. So for example, if you enjoy today's guest, please reach out to them. Tell them that you enjoyed today's episode. Send them that token of gratitude. Like, look, I heard John Jordan's show and it was so good. This really impacted me. If you do this with every guest, you're going to start building a world-class network in record time. This is how I built my network. So this is just another way I'm looking to give back to you here. Just give you this little tip. So reach out to our guest today. And now without further ado, please enjoy the show. It shuts my brain off. You're recording here, Jordan. Yeah, I just sometimes I just hit record in case I in case there's something I want to keep, uh, but who knows? Yeah, I knew I saw that look on your face, the smirk. <laughs> I knew you well enough. You thought that I wasn't going to pay attention. I know you ah. well enough, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we're older than you, man. Wiser. You may be doing well in this podcast world, but we're still wiser. It just means we've made a lot more mistakes than you have. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess is the, the content of Which, this podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are what, 83 now? 82. Some combined. <laughs> yes. A combined age but, of 88. Uh, 44, right? 89. Well, 88. 88. Brian, you're like Tony Robbins right now. When he talks, he likes to bang the table. I need you to not do that for audio's sake, okay? Careful. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't touch the table. Don't put your, your drink on there. Maybe put it on another surface, okay? Wow. I love I love how your OCD has gone to work in your podcasts. It, it works. <laughs> it's fucking It really awesome. does, man. Yeah. He used it to his advantage. The, the sound quality of, of my podcast is impeccable. You can't beat it. Anyway, uh, I guess I should formally introduce you two, finally. So today we have two guests. One, Dr. Brian Paris, my uncle. This is his third time on the podcast. Right, that's awesome. But you have, unlike our other guests, you haven't been on the podcast since it's been good, so to say. Like, there's two eras of the podcast, like, almost like BC and, like, and whatever came after that, like before Christ and like after. So like you, oh, I you thought have, you were talking is, about the alphabet, and you were like no, BC and whatever comes no, after C. No, it's like dude, <laughs> no. 
<laughs> we got to go back to remedial yeah. uh, alphabet. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, BC. Uh, so you, you're you're here you're here for the first time in the new era when the podcast has actually been good. So it's a pleasure to have you. And uh, you're a chiropractor. And, you know, you've been a mentor to me. Someone that you, know, you taught me how to really push through pain, uh, physical pain, when it's beneficial to do so, in the sense that. You got me into taking care of my body and working out and those stupid kettlebells when I was like 16 years old and running on the beach, running sprints and kayaking and and I, and you'd be freaking killing me and uh, run all the way, like run multiple jetties. Oh my gosh. And I couldn't keep up. Event, but eventually I could keep up and kind of beat you. So uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't we haven't raced in a while, so but yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm aging faster, I think. So yeah, I think last that. time I raced him, I I sprained my foot, my toe. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually what's going to happen to us at our age, which yeah, which is yeah. it's just the reality of things. Tissues are yeah. not as pliable, but and and, yeah. and you you Brian, you've introduced me to the other you know books and mentors in my life, like Tony Robbins and and the like, and you guys both had a. I guess had to introduce me sort of to Paul Check, um, just some very influential figures in my life. And if you haven't recognized the other voice already, you may have because it's his sixth time on the podcast. Really? It is. <laughs> wow. I'm That's awesome. I'm honored. Steve Jordan is here. Uh, Steve is a celebrity personal trainer. You've heard the speech before. He's trained Jordan Belfort, Ariana Huffington, Brad Paisley, Toby McGuire, and scores more. Uh, you can visit him at stevejordan.com. Brian, by the way, you can visit him at painarthritisrelief.com or drbrianparis.com. Uh, Steve, though, is a mentor to me in a time of transition going from. Uh, high school to college, you were that bridge from trials, so to say, to triumph, to to be cliche. You uh, know, a time of uncertainty in my life, and you gave me that reassurance. I was, I was going through my notes on my phone. It's funny. I, I, I was going through it to find a some Gatsby co- quote that I thought I'd written in there, and I saw, I wrote down. I was so unsure that I wrote this down, like because I was with you like two days before I went to college and moved in, and I wrote. In quotes, you'll do good, I have no doubt. You said that to me. I remember when you said that to me. It was like, it was that day we got in and out and we went to Newport or whatever and it was towards the end of that LA trip. And I was so uncertain and unsure that I needed that, even that little endorsement there. And I carried that with me. And so both of you, thank you. And, and, And if you can't tell, by the way, that they've been talking and jumping in already, they they're best friends for more than 20 years. So Brian and Steve, welcome to the podcast. Go ahead, Steve. (laughs) I've been here six times. Uh, Yeah, I'll go. I'll go then. So, thanks for awesome introduction, and um, I'm just I'm so stoked that what you're doing out there and what you've created in this in this this media is just incredible, and and this is only beginning for you, and uh, and I'm uh, really really. I don't even want to use the word proud because it's just as soon as you started taking off, it was just awesome. So I'm really honored and grateful to actually be on here and share with your audience and also learn from you at this point. And I'm glad that I've been able to be a catalyst in your life. And then now, you know, we get to change hats back and forth and, um, you know, keep helping this world be a better place and get people to be their best. So 
Yeah, uh, thank you for that. And, and it's funny every time, like no matter what I what I do, I come back to you, and uh, you still give me a good schooling. You you give me a good you beat up on me, and uh, and it's it's a good thing for for sure. Uh, you can handle it a little better now than you used to be able to. So to be certain. kudos, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Steve, we're we're here today for a reason. What's that reason? We're, what are we talking about today? Today is the anniversary of our accident when Brian and I had a had an incident when we were 19 years old that nearly took our life and we grew from that experience. So I think the overarching conversation here is about the possibility of having breakthrough in the face of a breakdown, uh, regardless of how big or small that is in your life. And that's uh, what we are about to talk about get more into the details. And I know that you probably have an arsenal of questions that you want to ask us. So I won't try to, to, you know, pre-think those and give something that I don't think that you're going to get or, or ask us later on. So, so I know there's a 60 minute version of this story that, you know, you've shared many times, Steve, but let's, let's, let's condense it. You can go on for a little bit, but what, Let's try and piece together what brought us to that that fateful night and then the events uh, of that night. Yeah, well, you know, it, you're right. And it is uh, there is a very detailed version of this on my podcast uh, called I Am Healthy and Fit. It's episode two and three. Uh, and those episodes are called The Miracle of Health and Fitness. And let me start by just saying why I chose those titles, because um, you know, health and fitness was a part of my life, and I'll speak on behalf of Brian right now, part of his life from a very early age. Brian and I are best friends uh, because of the community we grew up in was very sport-oriented. Brian and I were very gifted in sports, and we ended up playing together on several different teams and different sports, including lacrosse, football, and wrestling, and I believe even baseball. Uh, at the time, and we built a friendship uh, through the sports, and we always found each other to, you know, in a competitive, fun sense where it was, you know, he was pushing me, I was pushing him to be better, to do more, to, you know, we'd lift each other up when we were down at certain points, whether it was because a game we lost or a play that we fouled or messed up on, or if it was just in life in general, maybe it was a girl, uh, which probably was more than half the case uh, because him and I were always uh, competing and or uh, we seemed to like the same girls um, growing up. So, Needless to say, our friendship emerged from a, a space of health and fitness, athletics and movement. So, um, you know, there is a miracle in that where, you know, you build friendships through through in friendships that last for a lifetime. We're now in our mid 40s and still talk to each other almost once a week, if not more. And depending on each other during times of, you know, hardship or, or times when we need each other and we celebrate each other's life as well when we're up. So, you know, that's where it all started. And this on this fateful night when um, we were both at the University of Maryland, we decided to visit our other great friend, uh, Dan Radziniak, who was a quarterback at Johns Hopkins University. Uh, we decided to go down and watch him play our other uh, great friend that we grew up with, Jake Duran, who was at Fairleigh Dickinson University. And it was a a Friday night lights game where both of these guys were playing each other. Both were the stars of their team, Dan, the quarterback, Jake, the receiver. 
And we just thought it'd be a fun, interesting night at the beginning of a semester where there was very little responsibility yet at the time, school and scholastically. So we went down and we called a few of our friends that went to nearby schools uh, to come and meet us as well. And it became a almost like a just a get together, a fun night where we were all going to have you know some laughs and some drinks and celebrate our friends playing each other and have some more fun after the game. And that's where it all started. And I'll pass the mic off to Brian and he can pick it up from here because my memory isn't as clear at this point from the ending of that game to where we went to uh, this a friend's fraternity house to continue on the, the adventures and journey of the night that changed the course of our life. I think you gave it a very um, peaceful G-rated version because my recollection was that I was really excited because I just crushed my first biology test after, and and I had just transferred colleges. So I was at University of Maryland for one month and, you know, big, big, huge transition for my life where I had basically partied my first two years of school and, and was unable to stay disciplined and focused to what I needed to do with my studies. So I was very serious when I got to Maryland and which is potentially the wrong school to be serious at, at least back then it was. <laughs> and, uh, but I rated managed number. It was rated in the top five, like Playboy magazines, party schools in the nation. <laughs> so I, of course I, I went for the challenge and the, and the pain of uh, resisting all that. But so I crushed my first biology test and Steve and I were like, all right, let's do it off to Baltimore. And, and we started, you know, let's take it a step back. Yes. Our friendship has always been in sport and I would dig deeper to say our friendship has always been to help each other through challenges, support each other and push each other. And some of those challenges in life transfer to, okay, how far can we push it to drink alcohol and do stupid shit in high school? Um, and then, you know, that continued with, okay, how far can we push these boundaries even further? Um, so, and that's been a common theme. I'm hoping we could dig really deep into that during this talk, because that's what I want to be able to relay to the audience is like, what, what's deeper than the, than, you know, thank God we're alive and we made it through this, but what's really deeper in this, that, that, that still keeps us together. Now we're in challenges that are much more serious in our lives from our marriages to our business, to our children. And we still support each other in the ups and downs, like Steve said. So we, we were drinking a lot, and I can remember Jägermeister. I haven't had a sip since then, and uh, hopefully no one has to go through that again. But we drank a lot and, and were just way too drunk and way too silly and stupid at, at a young age. You know, we were 19, so we were always pushing the envelope with that stuff. And uh, we partied hard in throughout the whole night and ended up um, – we were on a balcony in a fraternity house that was not intended to be a balcony. It was like a decorative balcony on top of like an old school fraternity house. Place was one of the grossest places on the planet, by the way. And uh, Dan yeah. and Jake could attest to that. It was nasty. But at certain points, I can remember you and I were drunk and stupid enough to actually jump off of that balcony and slide down these giant Roman columns and then run back up the steps so at a certain we could sit here and laugh about it because we're alive now, thank God. We got the scars to prove it. But uh, long story short, we ended up tackling each other off of the balcony and bounced off of the cement. And that's really what happened. So Steve's injuries were primarily to his head and face. 
mine were to my hip and the side of my head. So Steve had some severe, and you can speak to this, you've shared this a lot, um, like severe brain swelling and trauma and fractures in his skull. I dislocated my hip and, and um, got severe lacerations in my, in my head. Um, so that's the, the short end of, of, of a very lucky cement diving incident. Yeah, no doubt. And that's, uh, those are, I'm glad you brought it all to that. And you're right. It's, uh, we, we always did push each other and we still push each other, you know, in more responsible ways. And, you know, oftentimes when you mix alcohol with people who have that drive to do more, want more, create more, be more, it can be catastrophic. You know, you can end up being irresponsible and making decisions that weren't right. And we made a bad decision that night, but uh, fortunately we're here to tell you on the other end of it. So um, yeah, just drink responsibly. <laughs> I know that your audience is, and I mean that very, I mean that honest with all sincerity and honesty, because I know your audience, Jordan is probably can be younger. Uh, you know, you yeah, being they, young, 20, 21, 21, 22. I'm not exactly all sure over the map audience. though, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't matter really how, what age you're at. I mean, it's uh drink responsibly the, the bottom line give people an idea that that haven't heard how, how bad it was for you steve after that uh, fall. you know i don't remember uh the fall um it was uh you know pretty much lights out for me um i was knocked unconscious i had hit my head um, i had a traumatic brain injury like brian had said with brain swelling losing spinal cord fluid gray matter which is protects your brain oozing out of my ears and face. Um, our friend Jake, who was there at the scene, said that he was holding my head in his arms as the paramedics were called and were arriving, saying, you know, he just saw like I was bleeding and oozing gray shit out of my ears, um, you know, for, for some time, uh, pretty much unconscious. And I had to be rushed to the University of Maryland Shock Trauma Center. Uh, where I underwent, you know, the obvious, you know, procedures when they bring in somebody with a traumatic, uh, with a, tr with a traumatic accident and they determined that they had to do emergency brain surgery to save my life, save my brain, prevent any further damage or paralysis or brain damage that might have occurred. So they had to literally open up my skull, perform open brain surgery for six hours or more to relieve that pressure, close up some of the, the areas that were oozing spinal cord fluid and clean up the gray matter coming out of my ears and whatnot and sew me back up and stabilize me. Uh, and that's where I laid in intensive care for two and a half to three weeks with a bedside nurse for 24 hours catheters, coma, do state, very heavily sedated, uh, with only my immediate family being able to be by my bedside, um, where I was probed and prodded and uh, checked, you know, uh, many, many times a day to make sure that my vitals were good and everything was in working order until they were able to determine um, with other types of procedures and tests, really what the severity and outcome of my of my long-term challenges would be. And those ended up becoming short-term, long-term memory loss, tip of the tongue syndrome, where I literally couldn't have a, like have a sentence or two without getting stuck on a word, a simple word. Um, I had Bell's palsy, which is facial paralysis on the left side of my face. 
uh, because of a crushed facial nerve. I had hearing loss, uh, massive hearing loss in my left ear from a crushed eardrum from the impact where I eventually had to have reconstructive ear surgery. And uh, my head was the size of a basketball with over 100 staples and stitches in my head that sewed me back up with a fractured skull. Um, so it was bad. I mean, if you looked at me today, you would never know. My hair is blonde, so you can't see the big horseshoe scar. But And uh, the paralysis miraculously came back. But it was it was bad. I was in the hospital for three months almost. So it was a bad, bad shape. Somehow you two are... Th- Literally the best looking men that I have ever seen in my life. It's like whenever I think of like good looking people, uh, uh, males that I would like to look like, I always think of like you too. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, well, we're from the same gene pool, so it's all good, man. <laughs> man, Stephen, Steve's like was the first. Steve was the fourth Paris brother. Um, you know, early, early on in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe He's got his own the, good looks though that have nothing to do with us. Yeah, I know. But but with the interesting thing about Steve and you and I were talking about it, Steve, like last month or the month before, is that you don't have the best genes yet somehow. You, uh, I mean, it's work. Yeah. Well, yeah, you brought it to my attention uh, when we were out in, New- in Florida. Um, you know, mo- most of my family, uh, my immediate family, my mom, dad, sister, and my extended family, everybody's overweight. Uh, everybody's challenged with weight issues and health issues and uh, on all different levels from knee replacements and hip replacements to obesity and heart conditions and uh, whatnot. And uh, yeah, I've, I've been able to... Um, I guess just put that, you know, put those genes and put them to rest and just not allow them to be expressed because I've been treating myself so well for most, not all my life. Yeah. So anyway, after the, we'll go back to the story now, after your injury and you start to recover, uh, you were a trainer at the White House while in college, which is just the coolest thing out there, you were probably uh, your your friends probably gave you so much, uh, uh, probably talked you up a lot. I can imagine because uh, I mean I can't imagine if I, uh, I mean if I did that, that'd be, uh, it'd be so cool uh, <laughs> to be able to have that opportunity. Do you think? And I don't know how the two would relate, but do you think if you had not had your injury, do you think that you, the being a trainer at the White House would have would have happened for you, or would you would you have just partied hard all the way through college and not really cared about that kind of stuff? Yeah, no, no doubt. I my accident, our accident was the turning point in my life. Um, I never wanted to be a personal trainer. Uh, like we had said, fitness had always been a part of our life. It had been a part of our my life uh, for sports performance, improving and being better on the field, um, and or looking good, and you know keeping keeping my six pack and my body looking tip top shape for summer and those opportunities when I could take my shirt off. Um, but, uh, you know, after the accident, exercise and movement became part of the therapy, became not just about the physical therapy. Uh, it really became more about the emotional and psychological therapy that I needed where I was literally a broken person yeah. from the inside out. I didn't know who I was anymore. I had uh, severe cases of depression and anxiety and fear and not knowing my outcome, how and where I was going to end up, if I was even going to be able to go back to school. Uh, there was a time when Brian and I, during our recovery, um, and fortunately, Brian took off that semester as well. And thank God he did, because in hindsight, I don't know how I would have 
come out of that, you know, especially in that acute phase of recovery, as well as I did, him and I went to work for your grandmother, uh, his mom at their shop, um, Supreme Securities, where we had to put together like pieces of uh, like alarm systems and a simple task of like screwing in like certain plastic pieces into one piece was a a very was a laboring task for me. It wasn't that easy, and I think Brian, you might have better memory on that than I do. But um, can you attest to that? Like just saying that 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 you know simple tasks were not easy. Yeah, it was it was a little different for me because you know my <clears throat> my brain injuries were not as severe um, at that time. I think now when I add them all together, there's there's effects down the road several years later. Uh, you know, several decades later with all the concussions. Um, what that experience impacted to me was because um, I didn't want to go back to school. I was scared. You know, I had just transferred. I was I was in an extremely transitional state as well. So I was I was fucking terrified to like go back to a school and start a whole new social life. You know, I was I was I started my first two years of school and fraternity and a million friends and knew everybody at school. And then I transferred to a school and I knew you and that's it and maybe one or two other people. So it was like, I was, I was terrified. So I told my parents, I was like, I, I just, I don't want to go back to school. And they were like, all right, well start working. You can screw in screws. And then I was like, oh yeah, this kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, making, I think we were making, you know, I don't even know if we were making any money, but it wasn't a lot and it was physical labor. It was, it was, you know, it's something that I didn't want to do for the rest of my life. So that impacted me a little differently for you, for you, I'm sure it was a very good fine motor skill testing to get your brain back in line. Um, but again, like we were kindred spirits. I'm glad we were able to support each other through that, that time period because, yeah. you know, it wouldn't have, it would have been really challenging. Definitely. And I'm, I'm grateful for your mom, Maxine, who, you know, gave us that opportunity and you're right. It was fine motor skills, but I think it was more importantly, just the fact of doing something right. Getting out of my head and, or the fear, anxiety of the unknown to doing something as simple as screwing in little plastic pieces into security systems that, you know, that, you know, would be for most people super mundane. But for me, it was, I felt you know, at times it was, it was what we needed. I think it was our, it was a good learning lesson. And then you, Brian, you had to drive me everywhere because I couldn't drive. I was, I couldn't, uh, my license was like sort of revoked from the doctors because I had, I was on um, anti-seizure medication. So I, my license was uh, taken away, so to speak, for I think at least eight months so Brian was taking me to and from that job that we were working at a few days that was, a week. That had to taking, have been a while after because I was on crutches for a long time. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't and, even walk. Yeah. And then we went to um, – and then we started going to the gym. You started taking me to the gym. Oh and God. it was World Gym at the time, I believe, in Rahway, New Jersey. And I think it was World Gym. No. Cranford. Yeah. No, that that wasn't the place. It was the one on St. George Avenue. Pyramid. Um, Pyramid Club. Yes, <laughs> Pyramid Club. And you took me there and that's when I started working out again to feel better. And when I got back to college, exercise became that modality that I just knew and felt good with and it was making me feel better and it was making me feel like I was growing back into myself. And it was a journey and peers and friends started to see the 
miraculous recovery that I was having, you know, literally day to day, week to week, month to month. And they started asking me to take them to the gym, take them to the workout. What am I doing for this? And in that light, I saw that the possibility of being a trainer could be something. And as I started to research into it, I always saw that personal trainers were of the Hollywood rich and famous, you know, celebrities. So there was this draw to that. And the very first book that I bought was The Complete Book of Abs. And I bought it because I always no had surprise. a abs, right? And in there, there were some, you know, well-written quotes and exercise programming from these trainers from Hollywood. And I just somehow probably subconsciously saw myself doing that. And that's when I started to look into it. And I got the very first certification, the American College of Sports Medicine. And uh, I had an opportunity to train at the White House, like you said. And it wouldn't have happened had I not had my accident because I wouldn't have associated it as a profession, as an opportunity. And I didn't think about the money. And this was always something that, you know, never drove me. And still to this day, I I battle with this as you get older, you know, it's harder when you have more responsibilities financially. um, And you think about your, you know, the time when you're not going to work and you need, you know, money to support yourself after you stop working. But you know, money isn't what wakes me up and drives me. It's helping people change their life to create a better opportunity, uh, whether to look good, feel good, be better, um, like how Brian and I push each other. I push my clients and I get paid to do that. And I'm fortunate that I found a job that I love and I'm good at naturally. And, and I've obviously learned a lot and created a lot of new ways of doing things and skills to help people get there faster and in a more accelerated fashion. So, um, yes, um, I'm grateful for the accident. I, I, and that's the irony of it all. I'm, I'm happy that it happened. I would never change I was it for ask the you world. Yeah. I would never change it for the world. I'm, I'm really grateful that it happened. And I'm more grateful that Brian and I both turned out the way we did. Well, yeah. So it sounds like your entire career path would have been different had the accident not happened. So going into college then, what was your intended career path? I had no intention, to be honest. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to play lacrosse. Maryland was a lacrosse reach school for me. I had scholarships to other schools. I had given the lacrosse coach there uh, my highlight reel tape, and he wrote back and said, you're a great player, but we don't have a spot for you on the team. If you want to try out, I'll give you a special look. And um, I went into school literally with that intention. I was a letters and science major my freshman year, which just meant basically all the core classes that you needed to take um, until you figured it out. And, you know, Brian had sort of an influence. He came there my freshman year, which is part of the reason why he chose to come there because he saw the kind of school and the curriculum that was there and the opportunity he can create for himself going to chiropractic school. That was a possibility, something that I had like airing there. Um, but I really didn't have a direction. I literally had no, no idea what I wanted to do. And I don't know what my, what my life would have looked like had I not had the accident. I really don't. And what I'm hearing about Brian then is that you, you knew before, like the accident didn't impact your career path. You already were going for chiropractic. Yeah. You've, you've met your dad and your grandfather, right? Yeah, <laughs> those are those are my influencers, and and your, uh, yeah. um, you know. So I I had I had um, a pretty firm 
grasp on wanting to go to chiropractic school from an early, early point and knew that I had, um, you know, the, the college I chose was actually the REACH school um, was Emory University that I was like shooting for. And I somehow got in and went there my first two years. And it just, I was not mature enough to really handle the, the, the academic rigor that was that was available for me to take advantage of, and I just I got my ass handed to me. But I had fun, and I had great experience, and I made some really good friends. Um, and then transferring, I you know I, I I really didn't give myself the opportunity to blossom my intelligence. Um, and then I did once I attached to something that I really fell in love with at the time, which was kinesiology. So um, Steve and I were both kines majors, and that was something that. Um, I really attached to because for me, way before this accident, movement was one of my first medicines. Um, you know, because I was a hyperactive, like pretty pretty wild child. So sport and movement in general have always been a gift of medicine for me to at least put myself at ease and 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 attain some aspect of calm and peace in my life when I was a younger child. So studying that and diving really deep into it in school was was just perfect at that time. And it was a great career path. Let's put a nice bow on the accident as a whole. What what are what did you take from this? Right? What are three things, three lessons that you've taken as a direct result of this accident? And does it who wants to go first? Is there someone that wants to volunteer to go? <laughs> and Steve nodded over to me, right? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask a question like this, and I was—I purposely was not thinking of it because I wanted to just absolutely. What what comes to mind for me is, um, and this has just been a, a, a reoccurring theme in my life. And I just gave this uh, relatively uh, a speech to my son for his bar mitzvah last weekend, and um, it has to do with a hero's journey and. Um, being able to leave the nest and 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 um, leave safety and leave leave comfort and know this this accident it it really gave me a dose of reality for a couple different reasons because Steve may or may not remember this part but I was so drunk at one point in the beginning of the night I remember Steve and I were like sitting in the closet and of a fraternity house and like we're at this party and I'm crying because I'm depressed for some reason or another. And uh, Steve was being an awesome friend, which he still is to this day when I'm crying and supporting me. So he was like supporting me. And then we go back to like wrestling each other on the balcony like hour later. Um, when I woke up from the accident, because I don't remember much either, you know, I went over, bounced off the cement. I woke up at an ice cold table very belligerent, very drunk. And um, one of the first things that I was told was that I jumped off of a balcony. Like I attempted to commit suicide. And I, and for a second, I actually believed the person that told me that because of whatever mindset was there. So it's taken me many years of self-awareness uh, and self-assessment and diving into my own psychology and my own shadows to really pull out of what I gained from this. And it's it's, you know, when it comes down to it is like being the witness of your life versus reacting to everything else around you. And, and all of the answers are truly inside. I know this is pretty deep and we can get all into this, but when 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 it really comes down to it, it's not from an outside source from a book or 
all of this stuff. And, 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 and it's really like, how do you dive in and listen to yourself and know, and, and, and really tap into your own awareness that the answers are, are within. So that tying it back into the hero's journey, I was able to meet friends and mentors and then come back as a, as a transformed person. But I think I'm still learning from that over and over and over again, because I dive, you know, it's not like I'm living in the past, but it was, it was something that taught me to take advantage of every moment uh, top three. I'm trying to bullet point this, bro. Sorry. It just didn't bullet point, <laughs> but you know, just, just time is so fucking precious and we're here for such a short period of time. So I want to love fiercely, live boldly and, and laugh and, and connect and have deep, meaningful relationships and not waste my fucking time and, and really give back to the planet and give back to the people that I'm related to and, and that I relate with. Well, it's a paradox too. Uh, life is short, but dude, 80 years is a heck of a long time to live. True. Holy crap. Eight You're months right. is a long time. Jeez. <laughs> it's a paradox. You created this podcast like six months ago, didn't you? <laughs> what are you out of your mind? I 12 months? It. All right, so it's a it. year, dude. It's not a is long it, time. Is it April <laughs> April of 2018? <laughs> We're yeah, going a like, year and a half. That's like last year. <laughs> Funny, funny. Okay, Steve, what'd you learn? In face of any kind of breakdown, what I alluded to earlier in the podcast about, you know, when you're faced with something that it appears to be a breakdown, whether it's emotionally or physically um, or psychologically, you have the choice to to overcome. Uh, you know, I had so many people, doctors, some of the best in the world telling me I would never be able to do this or that. And I stood in the face of that reality and chose a different outcome uh, because I believed that I could. And the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast and that brand that I created, you have to believe it before you can achieve it. And that's anything in life. So believe in yourself, believe in whatever you want to create um, an outcome, whether it be in your personal life, your professional life, and do it. Just go and do it because no one's going to do it for you. You have to create it. Put yourself in action. Surround yourself around great people like I did with Brian, having you know best friends and people that support you and lift you up when you're down. And um, I wouldn't have gotten through my through it as well if I didn't have the friends like Brian um, and if I didn't have the family that I had that was loving and supportive and was there almost every step of the way. So, you know, cherish, cherish life, like Brian said, because if my, if, if I, if my life ended, I would not know. Like, there, like, honestly, like it just, everything happened so fast in a blink of an eye. Like if I laid there on that concrete cement floor, and I had died, like that lights out, man. It's literally that quick. So enjoy it. You got to live every day as if it were your last. You never know, you know, and I didn't know that evening that my life could have come to an end, you know, and it was really close. So, um, you know, live, love, live and laugh. Like Brian said, I think the three L's, those are great, great ways to, to be. Powerful, Steve. I want to give you... Last thing I want to talk about today, I'm going to give you a partner project. You get to team up on this one. It's a team project because you've had a friendship that has stood the test of time. You want to put put a number on how long the friendship has been? How many years? Fifth grade? Sixth grade? 
So, so 35 10. years. Yeah. Wow. 35 so, years to round it up somewhere around there. So about Plus that. or minus a year or two. Yeah, and you guys get along really well. Uh, what are some of the principles of maintaining a, an excellent friendship that that stands the test of time? Well, let me say this. Oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no worries. Uh, and, and this is this that's one actually is being able to be flexible, right? Not get in the way of like somebody, whatever. When something's up, I wanted to just say that. Um, it hasn't always been easy. There have been times when Brian and I have clashed. You know, I want to just bring that up before we even talk about what makes an extraordinary relationship because there have been times when him and I have gone our separate ways or we've gone, you know, silent or we've had to address issues in our relationship that were both challenging, hurtful on, you know, one end or the other. So... Uh, yeah, and, and I can certainly attest because, like, I mean, when it comes down to it, when you die, it's really like, what are the relationships that you had in life, right? Romantic, intimate friendships, you know, we have a really close friendship that, that has endured the test of time and we've we've gotten in fights, we've, we've both evolved and, again, challenged each other to grow emotionally so that we could challenge some of the things that we've gone through and... um you know, and, I, and I'm so glad you brought that up, Steve, because uh, like I can recall those times where I've had to face my own shadows and you've called me out on my shit. But that's really what a true relationship is about when someone can deliver truth and and from a place of non-attachment, you know, like, hey, dude, like your actions and your behaviors really are like they're not they're not positive and and this is what we're about so so we've both been able to call each other out on a lot of those things and and grow from that and see it the other side i think tactically speaking um we stay in touch you know text we we talk we facetime um in the last several years i missed last year sorry guys but we have a, a yearly uh ski trip that we go on that we meet out west but i mean dude steve lives in california and i see him more than most of my other friends from my life i see him at least two, three times a year. So consistency, saying, just staying in touch. You know, if, if it's important, if it's relevant, then you're going to, you're going to make it important. And I think like if, if a relationship is important enough, then you got to put the work into, um, to, to make it work. And part of that is, is really learning to, uh, seek to understand versus, uh, understand before being understood and, and listening and being more interested than you are interesting. You know, and those those relate to a very relating to people on a very quick perspective and then also on a long term perspective. Like, how can you be I like to call it a like a hollow bone for somebody like how, how can you be there without attaching to your own self so that you can truly be there for somebody? And that's, I believe, the secret to most relationships. Excellent. Steve. On the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast, I Am Healthy and Fit the podcast, you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. I recommend personally interviews with Sugar Ray Leonard and Noah Galloway and an interview with our friend Josh Perry is coming out very soon. It might be out by the time that this episode is out. Uh, I've not heard it yet, but I have no doubt that that one's going to be awesome. I heard some great things about how Steve and Josh got along. I'm excited to hear it myself. So I am Healthy and Fit, the podcast, uh, stevejordan.com. Brian, uh, painarthritisrelief.com. 
com, drbrianparis.com. I, I just, I know you're not a, I, I know you're not, you don't really send people to that website, but I like, I like for people to see that website. I think it's a pretty badass website and you've got that really cool video there uh, of all your, you know, your, your TV appearances. So, uh, and, and there's, uh, you know, there's rumblings of, of Mr. Dr. Uh, of Dr. Brian Paris getting a podcast. There's rumblings of it. He, you know, you hit me up every, uh, Three every couple of months, yeah. like I'm, I'm ready. And then I'm like, <laughs> you got, I, and I, I text you, I'm like, you have to, you have to hundred percent commit. Like, are you sure? And you'll go, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, I'm just being I'm, truthful, bro. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a big commitment. I appreciate that I know. because you, you, cause you'd be wasting my time if I, if, if you just go along with it. Which, yeah, so much, I appreciate it's, that. It's very easy to buy the equipment, but to uh, plug it in and make it work and get the guests and do all that stuff is just, um, you know, I have other commitments and priorities right now. Yeah, things that are easy to buy and, and hard to use, as Gretchen Rubin of uh, Outer Order Intercom would say. Uh, I guess books fall into that category as well that kind of create clutter. They're really easy and they're sexy things to buy, like especially in a bookstore. You see up the cover and, and like, like I really want it, but, then, but most of them you don't end up reading. You, so go, to, it, you go to a bookstore? Oh, I like to, yeah. Huh. <laughs> I mean, Amazon when I, when books. I need something. Yeah. 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 When I, oh, that, dude, Steve, that is the best bookstore, Amazon Books in Century City Mall. Yes. Yeah. Literally an Amazon bookstore. And you get Amazon prices there, too. Mm. Yeah. If you're an Amazon Prime member, if and only if. I am. I don't know anybody yeah. that's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. It's, it's a brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, I just realized that that's a, that's, uh, uh, I guess it's like a hundred, 150 per year. I forget, but that's a lot of money. Anyway, gentlemen, do you, before we part ways here, thank you so much for, so I got to, can I interview you, Jordan? Sure. <laughs> so what, what are, what are the, what are the top six things you've learned from uncle Brian and, and uncle Steve? In these in these short years of becoming a from a wallflower to a, a world known podcaster, yeah, that's a great question because so this uh, is my first podcast, Steve. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the You're what I said in the what I said in the intro, uh, you taught me how to push through physical pain when it is beneficial to do so. Uh, I remember specifically, like like. You know, I, I get up after a workout that we do at the beach house and you're like, and, and I'm like, no, I'm not coming today. He's, you, and you're like, dude, you got to learn how to work out when you're sore, especially uh, because like getting the blood flowing again and getting moving is, is what can accelerate the healing process, especially when we're just the next day going on a, on a run, on a, on a longer run. Like that can, that can help you get the blood flowing and help you heal, help your muscles heal faster. Uh, so I'd say, yeah, to, to push through the physical pain when it's beneficial to do so, uh, getting, just helping me, uh, with, with all these, I mean, there's so many movements that you've taught me, uh, and so many, like I, I've learned to just use different modalities. Like we used to go out on the corner and use the, the stop sign, right? Uh, and just put the band around there. Just be like, use use your environment. Get creative. And so, whenever I'm traveling, that's what I do. Like, there's there's no excuses, right? Unless uh, unless I just want to. Uh, yeah, Steve knows this when, when we were traveling in uh, when we were in uh, Florida last month. Uh, whenever I if I just want to be a lazy bum, 
I'll do it. <laughs> For the whole week, I was horrible. <laughs> it was hilarious. The kid was like eating a pint of ice cream every day and adding, making like cookie sandwiches with Tate cookies. He would add, wasn't it Tate? Those are so good. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> Not a, yeah, yeah. The Not crunchy ve- ones. Yes. <laughs> vegan, vegan ice cream from Natamu, which I told Brian about last night with, and it was birthday cake flavor, my favorite type of ice cream with, uh, and and in a sandwich of the two Tate's Bake Shop cookies, which are my favorite thing to is my favorite cheat. Uh, it's like Tate's Bake Shop cookies, uh, pizza, and sushi are like my favorite like cheat foods. Uh, so, but anyway, those are two things that I've learned. One thing that I learned from Steve is when. What you, what kind of noise are you making there? Sorry, man. That was my my cat. My automatic cat feeder. I forgot it was on. It's over. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> podcast land. I'm a, ro- I'm a rookie. Give me give me some breaks here. Yeah, something I learned from Steve's. I remember when uh, you were grooming me to become an upstanding, uh, high class personal trainer, world class personal trainer. Uh, back in 2016, it was. The first time I worked out in LA with you, one of the first things was water, the water that I brought in. I just brought in some random water bottle and you're like, here, let me give you this. It's Fiji water. And everything you do, everything you say, and everything you have on your person contributes to your image as a brand, as a person, as a business. And that includes the type of water. If Steve, if you were to go in to your studio and train clients for $200 an hour with Dasani water or Aquafina. That would be a terrible look. That is that is the opposite of of classy uh and and high quality, right? That is yes. the epitome well, of low quality. Perception is value, right? So mm. that's a if you you can sum all that up in the perception is value, you create a, a look and feel that makes people feel good. It gives them a sense of of a high standard. I'd, I'd rather use standard than class, right? So standards, you, you increase your standards, improve your standards in all areas. Like you, I mean, your background right there is is a high standard uh, podcast look. You got books in the background, certificates, you got a great mic and all that jazz. It really makes you stand out as a professional podcaster, which you are. And it's attracted your guests. It makes them feel at ease. It gives them an opportunity to feel like this is a professional experience so that they are more likely to recommend you to somebody else or give you ratings and whatnot and feel like they want to give also to you more. They want to be their best self. Exactly. Steve, another one from you is like, just chill, be flexible. You started teaching me flexibility early, especially with my, my, the way I would eat. Because when I first met you, I was on the straight and narrow and yeah, there was no- A monster. That was a monster. There was no swaying from that. Uh, every, I, there was no cheating. Um, I, we, we'd have to go somewhere, out somewhere. If we were going out to eat, it'd have to be somewhere that would- allow me to eat according to my standards. Uh, there was, there weren't exceptions and I'm, I'm glad that you loosened me up and showed me that, uh, almost leading by example that, you know, I can have, 
I can have that uh, that beer. I can have that pizza. I can have that burrito at Tokaya. I can have the 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 chips there. I can I can do that. And and a week later, heck, two days later, after some good exercise and back to eating right. I will look exactly the same. I will feel the same. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. And I don't really have to feel too overly guilty about it. So that was, so I've got two each from the both of you so far. And the third, gee, hmm, now this is tough. Now it gets really tough. Six things. <laughs> hmm. Well, okay, with Brian. Some, a habit that I've picked up, uh, another you know, leading teaching by example, uh, you gifted me books that were very timely uh, in, in, in my life. Uh, and you, and it, doesn't have, it didn't have to be a gift. You also recommended books to me at the perfect time as well, uh, whatever you thought would serve me at the time. And as a 16, 17, 18-year-old, the books that you recommended were uh, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy with by Paul Check, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Mr. Carnegie, uh, Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins, Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz. That's enough said right there. <laughs> that's enough. That's, that's an enough education said. in itself with those four. It, exactly. Those, those, those are the books that I consider the foundation of, of everything, of what little I know. Like those, it's stem, those are my roots. That's uh, what I go back to. Like those are, those are my principles, my basics, Right. And, uh, and I would, I, I can't imagine, I don't know if I'd even be a reader today. I don't know if I, and, and if I wasn't had, I don't know if I'd be a reader today if you didn't gift and recommend those books to me. And if I wasn't a reader today, I don't know if I would have anything going on other than just getting my piece of paper and getting a normal job after college, which is fine if it makes you happy, but, but no, it's not fun. <laughs> not for me. So that that is proven. I I've taken that, and I like to gift people books that I deem appropriate. I'm not like annoying and excessive with it because uh, and, and like I like to gift books that I've read, like books that impacted me and, and moved me. Not just not just getting a book for book's sake, you know, something with meaning behind it, something that I think is going to serve uh, serve them. And uh, yeah, I, I I like to give books a lot. Um, and, and I, I gave uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People to my best friend, Patrick, who both of you have heard me talk about. Brian, you've met him, uh, I think, a couple of times maybe. But he, uh, I, I gave him How to Win Friends and Influence People almost three years ago. And he references that book all the time. He, and as a people person, that book is so appropriate for him. I knew that he had to read that book. So I gave it to him. Uh, I like to do that for people. You never know what 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 it could do for someone. A sixth, yeah, a sixth thing. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, guys. This is tough. <laughs> can I get help? Is can I phone a friend for a nudge? <laughs> what about girls? Anything I've taught you with girls? Hmm. I know we've had many. Jordan said he liked women, not girls. <laughs> oh, right. True. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got one. Yeah. Because I've, because I, this is what I appreciate about Steve is that he hasn't lived the path that anybody told him to live. He's lived his own, his own fucking life. And I feel like, like, since 
he started influencing you that 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 showed you a way to create your own path like you both on like this amazing hero's journey where you left home and you met your friends and your enemies and your allies and you've you've come full circle to now where you've transformed and you're still in that journey sorry if i'm speaking for you little nephew um young nephew excuse me um but i like i just i appreciate that about steve that he's always been able to just say you know what fuck what everybody thinks i'm gonna do what's what feels right in my heart and 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 do the best for for people and you've you've started to take on that same journey that same path yeah i and i had this like yeah i was younger i just had this this uh mindset of like oh we're you know get married it's something you do it's something you probably do in your 20s or early 30s but steve you you know he went against the grain a little bit and well you got married at 38 steve 40 40 so there's a little room to break uh not that there's uh, 41 you can you can wait you can there's no big rush like i used to be a a hopeless romantic and and in in ways i i still am uh but it was like my happiness was all in those buckets maybe you could be other people a hopeful romantic yes maybe yeah okay i was waiting i was just i just say it because that's the same i don't know that's the phrase that's yeah but you say what you say what you say becomes your reality what you yeah, say becomes okay. your reality. True, right? that's very true. So, I mean, so all the women like that's that. all. out there, this guy, this guy is a diehard romantic, and he's very hopeful to create romance, and he's good at it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, I've put my happiness in other buckets, right? Uh, the podcast, uh, all the extracurricular activities that I'm involved in, and the friends uh, that that you know. A woman doesn't really hold all the power to like I, her hap- My happiness is not like in her hands the way it used to be, uh, because if it is in someone's hands, they can obviously drop it and break it. So, uh, yeah, to, to round it off there, uh, yeah, so many lessons that I've learned from you too. If I if I had infinite amount of time and uh, no, no pressure to like respond right away, I could probably write a whole uh, book about it. But but that's uh, not I a podcast, you- bro. Exactly, it's not a podcast, but I thank you too, gentlemen. Can I yeah. can I finish something real quick? Can I say yeah. something? I just I I Steve, I, I love you, brother. I I really appreciate your friendship and and support you've given me over the years, and just always being there for me and calling me out on my shit. And um, here's to um, skiing and surfing till we die, stoke or die, right? You're- and uh, to you, to you, Jordan. Um, I really, really, um, I admire you. I appreciate where you've gotten to and, uh, you're continue to inspire me and, and wow me. And, um, I'm excited to see what you're going to create and, you know, what the future holds for us to create together. And, and most importantly, I appreciate the fact that we've created a friendship as well beyond family. So right on. Absolutely. I'd like to say something too. And Brian, I'm glad you, uh, led us in this direction because I wanted to do this as well. And I'll acknowledge you first and say thank you for being one of my best friends and for being there during the difficult times to help me up, pick me up, lift me up, inspire me, motivate me, and to celebrate the great times with me um, now responsibly. And we do have some amazing memories and we still create them doing the fun things we love to do. 
um, the skiing, the surfing, and just being in each other's space. So thank you for being you and your best version of you. Jordan, you know, I am, as Brian said, uh, I admire you as well, and I'm proud of you. Uh, you've come a long way in the past three and a half years when your grandfather emailed me to ask to do him a favor to have a conversation with you when you were graduating high school uh, to just listen to you, hear you, and answer any kind of questions that you might have to help you on your journey leaving high school and going into college. I was more than happy and willing to do that for you and him. And I'm grateful that he took that opportunity and you took that opportunity. And then we built a friendship um, that's beyond. You're like family. You're like my little brother. And I love seeing you succeed in uh, doing what you're doing. You're doing an extraordinary job. And I'm learning more from you now than I think you might be learning from me. And that's uh, something really cool. Um, I think as an educator and coach, when the student, when you can learn from your students, you know, there's something you did right. And I'm proud of myself and the way that I handled you and, and mentored you. Um, and I hope that I still will have that, you know, opportunity in creating, you know, new viewpoints and perceptions and opportunities for you to continue on your path of greatness. Thank you, Steve. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Love you guys. Love you too, man. Love you too. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of Growth Mindset University, the podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, all I ask is that you share it out to your friends, family, etc., on your Instagram story and tag me and our guest today. And don't forget to message our guest as well so that you build your network as you listen and learn with this podcast. And if you really believe that hearing the message of growth is important to the world and you want to help others find our show and you're not satisfied with just taking a screenshot and sharing this on your Instagram story, well, I've got good news for you. You can go the extra mile in helping spread this message of growth. You can leave us an honest rating and review in Apple Podcast. We have over 200 ratings right now and it has made a gigantic difference for this show, not only helping people find the show, but getting awesome guests. Thank you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn and grow to give.